Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download the Free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 33 called, Woe to you, O Destroyer. The people here are expressing a renewed confidence in God. They speak of his powerful voice. They speak of a God who can just stand up and people scatter. That's who we serve. That's what he did to Egypt. That's what he's done over the history of the, of the calendar. God is a powerful being. And your spoil, verse 4, is gathered as the caterpillars gather. As locusts rushing about, men rush about on it. Here's an image, and basically it's this. When God stands up and the people scatter, it's like caterpillars or locusts dealing with a field, stripping a field, laying it bare. That's what God will do, and he'll do it quickly, and he'll do it instantaneously. And sometimes he does work over time. The Lord is exalted, verse 5, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness, and he shall be. The stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom and knowledge, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Do you see what's happening to the people now? Now that they see that God is the only answer, they begin to realize that God is the answer to everything. He's the answer to your stability, verse 6. He is a wealth of salvation. He grants wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is his treasure. If you want to know what life's really about, life is really about learning the fear of the Lord and realizing that if you seek first his kingdom, his honor, his righteousness, everything else follows from there. But the moment you flip it, the moment you make other alliances, the moment you take that out of whack and you say, I'll seek first my kingdom and my righteousness or this stuff, then things just fall out of whack. And that foundation, if you haven't noticed, gets real, real shaky. And there are a lot of people building on very shaky foundations. It says in Colossians 2, let's go there. Hold your finger in Isaiah. Go to Colossians 2. The Gnostics were spreading this false gospel about, you know, you need to be in the secret no, and you, there's all this hidden stuff that you've got to find out if you're in the club. And here's what Paul says about that. Colossians 2, if you don't want to turn there, just listen to it. Verse 2, middle of the verse, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, Colossians 2, 2, that is Christ himself, in whom or in him are hidden How many? All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with persuasive argument. In Christ are hidden how many? All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You don't need to go anywhere else to find wisdom and knowledge and to build on a sure foundation. But as human beings, that's something that we don't quite get, do we? Because the one thing that we've learned from history is that we don't learn from history. And Israel repeated these mistakes over and over and over again. If you have an NIV, it says, God, he will be the sure foundation for your times. If you want your life to have stability, and I'm not talking about 
not having stress. I'm not talking about not having times where things are tight financially. I'm not talking about, you know, having relationships that don't have their bumps and bruises, but I'm talking about stability. I'm talking about there is no other foundation that can be laid except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'm talking about Joshua saying, you know what, if you want to serve Baal, go ahead. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you want to build on the right foundation, Jesus says, I'll show you two people. One hears my words and obeys. The other one hears and doesn't obey. One builds on the rock and one builds on the sand. And the storm comes, inevitably it does, and one house falls and one house stands. And it's all based upon the foundation that you build upon. Whether you will hear the king hear what he has to say, and do what he says. Otherwise, you might one day find yourself on a wall with an Assyrian army facing you, quaking in your sandals. That's what Isaiah is saying. He's saying there's one sure foundation, verse 6, for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord, if you have an NIV, is the key to this treasure. Having the right key is so important, isn't it? You ever been at your door and it's dark and you can't find the right key? It's a bummer, especially if you're holding food or you have kids that need to go to the bathroom. Daddy, daddy, open the door, daddy, daddy. Right? You want to have the key. Well, this is the key. The key is the fear of the Lord. I'm not talking about just trembling and quaking in his sight. I'm talking about having awe, having proper fear of God, knowing that our God is a consuming fire, knowing that living for him is the best thing that you can do. And when you do, Your future is bright. But behold, we're going to revert back for a moment and and we're going to come back to reality because really the army's still there. And though this is going to happen and deliverance will come for Judah, the army's still there. The people are coming to their senses, but they're still encamped around. They're still the the people taking notes and saying, we're going to take that one into captivity. We're going to take that treasure. We're going to knock down that building. It's still reality. Behold, look at verse 7. And this is a second part of coming to God in your failure. One is to trust him again. That's verses one through six. If you're a note taker, write that down. You gotta learn to trust God again. Renew your confidence in God again. And then the second set of verses you're gonna see is brokenness is a key to healing. That sounds weird, but it is. Behold, verse seven there, Judah's brave men, what are they doing? They are crying in the streets, The ambassadors of peace are weeping bitterly. The caravan down to Egypt, the gold to Assyria, it ain't working. And the military people and the diplomatic solutions that are trying to be found, they ain't happening. And the brave men, the military men are crying in the streets and the diplomats are weeping bitterly because they know we're done. It looks like we're finished. it's, It's over. There's no talking to these people. There's no negotiation here. If they get in this position and they have the ability to take you out, that is what they are going to do. No military, no diplomatic solution, nothing. And people are crying. People are saying, we're in trouble. One writer says, no one anywhere, even under ideal conditions, has ever figured out how to live well without God. Let me repeat that. He says these words. The realization has come, no one anywhere, even under ideal conditions, has ever figured out how to live well without God. Or as Jesus put it, 
He said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Can you stay alive on bread? Yeah, you can live in one sense with bread and water, but you can't live. You know what I'm saying? You can't live on bread alone. What you need is God and everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're at the high school today, handing out the 180 video by Ray Comfort and witnessing to uh, high school people. And by the way, we had one young man who's a junior in high school give his life to Christ today. And we were very, very blessed. But there we were. Yeah, that's cool. That's something to clap for. So there we were. And for a lot of these young people, they have kind of this undefined God. We didn't run into any atheists, but everybody kind of wants to define God the way they want to. And so one of the things that we said to people over and over again is, doesn't it make sense that God, if God made you, that you're not going to find fulfillment and true life until you come to know the God that made you? And you see some people resonate with that, and other people go, I don't know, I, I just kind of want to live. I'm just living day to day, whatever, you know? Xbox, you know? That's the teenage mind. But anyway, <laughs> the highways are desolate, verse 8. This, is, this continues now to show you the conditions of the land. The traveler has ceased. He, and I think here in context, the Assyrian king has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He has no regard for man. See, you can enter into negotiations with the enemy, but the negotiations will usually fall apart because his intentions are not just to take your gold. He doesn't just want a peace He wants it all. He wants to destroy everything. And so he has broken the covenant. And those of you who know your end times, uh, eschatology in Daniel 9, 24 through 27 says the Antichrist will enter into a covenant and he will break that covenant in the middle of Daniel's 70th week. He will lie to the Jewish people and they will make a covenant with death as they had done in the past. The land mourns, verse 9, and pines away, wastes away. Lebanon, these are all places known for foliage and growth, is shamed and withers. Sharon is like a desert plain. Bashan and Carmel lose their foliage. The land is even mourning. The people are mourning. The land is mourning. There's nobody traveling. It's desolate. All the conditions have changed. And where's the hope? And then God intervenes and says, now, now, I will arise. I don't know where your now moment has been with God. Have you had some now moments with God? Have you ever had a moment in your life where maybe you you saw something, you experienced something, a truth, and you said, now, I am going to do this, or now I see God for who he really is. Well, now God will stand up. Now God says, I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted three times. Now I will be lifted up. The Assyrian king has had the headlines for much too long. It's time for me to step into this equation. Now. I will be lifted up. There's a verse in the New Testament where Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And the context there is he's talking about the cross. If I'm lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men to myself. But here's a good verse. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Here's a good verse where actually the Lord says, I will be exalted now. I will be lifted up. And when the Lord is lifted up, what happens 
to a nation? What happens to a family? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, I met a man, he goes, I'm his last friend who didn't bail on him. I thought, man, what does it matter with us? John and Claudia Kalmakoff. If they don't have that foundation and they don't know about God's promises and what we know is true, not by what we're feeling, but by facts, historical, archaeological facts, what we know to be true, then their feelings take over. Lenny Esposito, who will deal with the power of the archaeological record. You know, you're doing a construction project, Rome, they were trying to build the subway. And they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff. Hey, if you're looking to get further equipped, and we all should be, this is the conference to go to. Dare to Defend begins Friday evening on March 25th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us. Learn more about Dare to Defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Here's a good verse where actually the Lord says, I will be exalted now. I will be lifted up. And when the Lord is lifted up, what happens to a nation? What happens to a family? What happens to a marriage when the Lord is exalted? When he is first in a life, in a nation? You have conceived, verse 11, chaff. This is God now talking to the enemy now that God has arised and arisen. And here it gives the idea of him getting up off his throne is the picture. You, Assyria, will give birth to stubble. My breath, remember in the 1 Thessalonians 2, I think it is, or 2 Thessalonians 2, it says the Lord will destroy the uh, godless man with the breath of his coming. Well, God says, hey, I got news for you. My breath will consume you like a fire, and what you've conceived of will simply be kindling for the fire. Have you, have you guys seen the Chronicles of Narnia? Do you know when Aslan breathes on people, and he has got that power in his breath? Well, there you go. But the Lord has power to consume with his word, with his power. And the peoples, verse 12, will be burned to lime like cut thorns which are burned in the fire. You who are far away, hear what I have done, 13. You who are near, acknowledge my might. See what I'm doing near and far away in totality. My power, sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. And they say, this is their quote now, who among us can live with a consuming fire? 
Who among us can live with continual burning? Do you know in the last days when people see God for who he is, Revelation 6, 17, they will say the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Now turn to the book of Malachi. That's Malachi, but that's the Italian form. So it's the last book before Matthew, last book of the Old Testament. (laughs) Malachi 3. Look at verse 1. Malachi 3, verse 1. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, just before Matthew, Malachi 3, 1, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he will sit, Malachi 3.3, 3, as a smelter and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former days. And then I will draw near to you for judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely. Keep in mind these descriptions because they'll come up later. Again, those against those who oppress the wage earner in his wages, the widow and the orphan, and those who turn aside the alien and do not, what? Fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. You see, if he is this burning fire, if when he comes in judgment, people ask the question, who is able to stand? Do you realize when Jesus Christ comes back, Hebrews 12, 29 says, the Lord is a consuming fire. Well, in the second coming, who's coming back? Jesus Christ. And what do people see in the darkened sky as the natural lights go out? The glory of the Lord. See, that's Jesus. Our God, our Savior, is a consuming fire. He is God Almighty. But the reason that they are not consumed, the people of God, is because the Lord does not change. What what do you think he's referring to? He's referring to his covenant. He keeps his promises, therefore they're not consumed. From the days of your fathers, seven, you have turned aside from my statutes. You have not kept them. Notice God's heart. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, How shall we return? And then God goes on and talks about their finances. And I know a lot of people have taken this verse out of context and pushed finances on people. That's not the point here. The point is God is calling them back to their priorities, to where they really want to invest for eternity. He's saying, look, you've you've turned everything around. I am the lowest on your list now and everything else has priority. And so the question is asked, who is able to stand with a God like this? And I think it's a personal question, will I be able to stand that day? If this is who God really is, when he comes back, am I going to be one of those people who can stand in his presence and his glory and not be consumed? And the, the answer to that question is yes. Why? Because I am 
in Christ Jesus. And God is my father. And he loves me. And he's going to rescue the righteous and consume uh, the wicked. Go back to Isaiah. So the sinners in Zion are afraid. This is the New King James back in Isaiah 33, 14. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. You can imagine on that day a lot of hypocrites who have know, know they've been acting and see the Lord return. It's going to be a scary day. Who among us shall dwell with a devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Do you want the answer to the question? Well, here it is, verse 15, Isaiah 33. He who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity, he who rejects unjust gain, 3315, and shakes his hand so that they hold no bribe, he who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. You've been listening to Woe to You, O Destroyer, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 33. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you visit walkintruth.com to learn about our apologetics event called Dare to Defend. You can learn about the various guest speakers who will be attending and about how they can address various topics the culture is facing. We'd love to see you there. Visit walkintruth.com to learn about Dare to Defend. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Now, I want to give you a word of encouragement as we move through a really deep, powerful, challenging book like Isaiah. And here it is. It's Isaiah 33, 6. And he, the Lord, will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. He will be the stability of your times. We just did a message here at Living Truth in Corona where I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor, and we called it, My Times Are in Your Hand, and that's from Psalm 31. But this idea, he will be the stability of your times, I can't help but think of the war happening in Ukraine, the instability that's been created by mankind, not just in the recent uh, war that's going on but also with the coronavirus all around the world and just this destabilizing feeling. The earth uh, feels like it's, a, it's trembling, if you know what I'm saying, and in many ways it is. But what will give us stability? What will bring us calm in the midst of the storm? Well, the answer is the Lord. He is the stability of our times, brethren. So if you're feeling like you need a word of encouragement, there it is. He will be the stability of our times. And that is Isaiah 33, verse 6. Namely, he will be the stability of your times. This is personal. He is good. And hang in there. If you need his stabilizing grace, he, and we all do, he's available. Would you please read Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 and watch how the Lord will pour out Stabilizing Grace, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, from your high priest who's in heaven. Well, here we are on the verge of the apologetics conference we've been telling you about on Friday, March 25th, and Saturday, March 26th. And here we are, we're here. 
It is called Dare to Defend. Tickets are available at daretodefend.com. Now, on Friday night, we have Sean McDowell, Lenny Esposito teaching uh, Sean on deconstruction and all these people who are breaking down the faith and walking away from the faith. What do we make of this? How do we deal with it? And then Lenny is going to deal with the problem of evil. Oh, how relevant is that? Saturday, J.P. Moreland coming to uh, deal with the topic of miracles, but there's so much more. And tickets are available. If you're anywhere within the driving distance of the Inland Empire, the church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And we are starting Friday night. Come on out. Get your tickets. Get your last minute tickets. DareToDefend.com, an incredible apologetics weekend. On Saturday, you'll be able to come out. You'll get a meal from the Habit Truck or a Panera. A great lineup of speakers, great breakout sessions, all available when you buy your tickets at DareToDefend.com. Don't miss it. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Speaking of weekends, here we are at the weekend. I pray that you have an incredible, powerful weekend. I hope to see many of you at the Apologetics Conference over the weekend. I will be here. And I'd also love to meet you on Sunday morning as we continue to move through the book of Exodus right here at Living Truth in Corona where I serve as senior pastor. Now, maybe you're new to the broadcast and maybe you're like, man, that was a lot of information. What do I do? How do I access where the church is or this apologetics conference? You can do it all at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Go there today. We hope to connect with you very soon. The Lord bless you. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 33 called, Woe to you, O Destroyer. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.